Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Welcome to a special playoff edition of the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh. Brought to you by FedEx and Ford. Here's your hosts, Mike Prezuda and Matt Williamson. Good evening and welcome to our playoff edition of the Preview. I'm Mike Prezuda along with Matt Williamson. We'll be here till 9 o'clock tonight because it is a playoff edition of Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 DVE and SNR. Merrill Hodge will be joining us as always. And then in hour number two, we're going to dig into the DVE morning show archives just a bit and uh, bring you some Cam Hayward. Uh, and we're also going to hear from a guy I go way back with, Adam Teicher, who is the reporter for ESPN.com Kansas City. Matt, would you believe it if I told you Adam Teicher was my sports editor at the Michigan State News? Holy smokes. Wow. Many moons ago. Many moons ago. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to that. A lot of trips across the Midwest going to uh, exotic places like Champaign-Urbana and West Lafayette, (laughs) Indiana, and uh, the Big Ten circuit is at war. But we're talking about Steelers and Chiefs tonight, and I'm here to tell you it's getting intriguing. I get that the Chiefs are better than the Steelers. I get that they are 13-point favorites, and I know they're 13-point favorites because I just checked it right before we came on the Uh air. Kansas City minus thirteen, that'll cost you one twenty to win a hundred. Okay. The, the odds are moving around a little bit, but the number is pretty solid. Uh, ben Roethlisberger thinks they stink and they can't win. Yeah, he, um, of course he does. Right, he sure has, he does. He has said that, but uh, getting intriguing because a familiar face out on the practice field today. Wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster, first day back since he suffered that shoulder injury that required surgery in Week Five against Denver. Now normally these these things take at least a week, if not two. They like to, you know, ease sure. the guys back. Right, right. But not really in a position to do that because Sunday might be the last game of the year. Mike Tomlin asked if Juju Smith Schuster was an option for Sunday after practice today and he said, I don't know that which to me means maybe. Maybe, maybe. I mean uh, from what I understand, it's maybe optimistic that we'll see him. I mean who's to say hundred percent I wasn't down there I think that would be a big boost to this team. I mean, you trot out five skill guys, Juju, Claypool, Deontay, Harris, Friermuth, pretty strong. And I think the O-line's playing a little bit better lately, especially in protection. So It kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'm excited to ask Merrill about it. I mean, I just thought they were a lot more assignment sound these last couple of weeks and knowing where rushers are coming from and doing the right things. So um, I'm certainly... I'm not going to sit here and say, boy, I think the Steelers are going to win this game all of a sudden. But, you know, Tyree Kill's really banged up. You know, so some of the practice news today is not encouraging for him. Um, So I'm I'm more encouraged now than when I saw the draw to begin with. Uh, More Mike Tomlin on Juju Smith-Schuster today. He's worked hard in rehabilitation and has gotten himself to this point, and we simply started the 21-day window. We'll look at it and see how he feels and check his level of conditioning. Good to have him out here, but it's just part of the process. Obviously, he's not going to make a big deal out of it, but if mm-hmm. there was no chance he would play, I would think Mike Tomlin would have said that, and again, he did not. Right, right. I mean, I, I think it's huge news. I'm excited to talk to Merrill about it for sure, and one thing we've talked about a lot over the last 
you know, what's 18 Thursdays is just peripheral blocking, you know, wide receivers and tight ends. And I think Juju's the best of the bunch, really, of the receiver room by far. Brings a more physicality to the slot, uh, both in the run game as a runner and after the catch, and uh, just a bigger body there than they've had lately, too. So he's a welcome, welcome addition. Yeah, if nothing else, Matt, uh, a third and short option. Yeah, right. You know, they've come up with some, let's say, interesting play calls. All right, let's Mm -hmm. say stupid play calls. (laughs) Let's say plays that had no chance whatsoever to work. I still go back to that Baltimore game. yeah. Where Ben Roethlisberger threw it sideways on third and two, and Juju Smith Schuster caught it and put his shoulder down and ran through Marlon Humphrey and got the first down. If he can do that yeah. to Marlon Humphrey, he can do that to any of the Chiefs defensive backs. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's been mind boggling, to be honest with you, how often they throw short of the sticks on third downs. I mean, it's the worst in the league, and it's a problem. And it's almost, I mean, well, that's why the line looks better. He's not holding the ball very long. <laughs> that's a big part of it. But I do think Juju's ability after the catch is big in that situation. You know, third and five, get him up four or five yards downfield, you know, drag a smaller defensive back. Um, so we'll see. I-, I hope he plays quite a bit. Yeah, fl- Conditioning's a big thing. Flanker screen, shallow cross. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything they can get out of him would be preferable, and then maybe throws a bit of a curve in the dirt to the Chiefs. They might not be yeah, uh, right, right. up to speed on how to deal with them, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, also, James Washington activated today from the reserve COVID-19 list. It's my understanding, Matt, he's still on the pay-no-mind list as it comes to playing wide receivers and <laughs> yeah. throwing them the ball. What happened to this guy? I don't 100% understand it, but maybe – I remember when they drafted him, I thought – wow, I'm shocked he's still there in the second round. This is a good player, but there's always so many receivers in the draft. Good ones fall. That's not crazy. But I also remember saying on the air, if he doesn't make it, we might look back and say he's not an elite size guy. He's not an elite speed guy. He's not a super polished route runner. I mean, I don't see massive negatives in those areas, but I'm not sure what his calling card is. You know, what's he hang his hat on? What's he really good at? You know, it was supposed to be the combat catch. Yeah. And it wasn't that. It's not that. I mean, it was that once in a while. Here and there, but right. not nearly often enough. And I think that's where, hey, if you're not going to bail me out a little bit, I'm going to throw it somewhere else. Like think right. that kind of – I remember uh, during the Duck uh, Mason Rudolph year, he dropped one against the Jets in the end zone. Mm. And it was a wide receiver on a safety, which is a matchup you got to win. you got to throw that ball, yeah. Right. And Duck threw a good ball. And he dropped it. And he dropped it. Yeah. And then Juju dropped it on the next down. <laughs> and then everybody said, well, consistency. You, you can't win with Duck. Uh, <laughs> see how this works? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, people just remember the, the bad Duck plays, obviously. Which, you know, more of them, I'll, I'll acknowledge oh, he's, that. he's got plenty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think Washington will even be active if Juju is? Because McLeod certainly will be. Yeah, that's a great question. I, uh, I mean, I just thought of it now. I'm not really sure. Maybe. Cody White plays a little special teams. Yeah, uh, I don't know if right. he still gets a hat. Uh, James Washington, guy that uh, they thought a lot of when they drafted him. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be playing somewhere else next year for probably minimum wage and yeah, fighting for not a, a maybe a number three spot. Not a great role, right? Yeah. Right. It's been uh, didn't see that coming. To be honest with you, I expected more when they took, took him. To be very honest with you, Ben Roethlisberger, a full participant today, peck and shoulder. He's following his usual trajectory. Uh, Najee Harris did not work for the second consecutive day elbow. Uh, Mike Tomlin said they're going to put him through his paces tomorrow and that that would be telling, unquote, okay. uh, about his availability for the Chiefs. Uh, Matt, I'm operating under the assumption that since he came back and finished the Baltimore right. game, he's going to start the Kansas City game. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. I mean, it's always hard for any of us to comment on injuries. It's not my elbow, but, I mean, coming back into that game – with the brace and, you know, the competitiveness of the young man, the importance of the game, I would think he'll be out there. But will it be a 98% of the snaps type of role? Who knows? I mean, he th- They're going to need it to be. They're going to need it to be. I mean, that, there's a big drop-off, obviously. Uh, Arthur Millette, uh, the nickel corner concussion, he was uh, upgraded from limited to full. Yeah. Uh, glad he's feeling better. Don't want to wish concussion on anybody. Absolutely. But I think in their nickel – uh, they're best served having Akella Witherspoon and mm-hmm. Joe Hayden play outside and Cam Sutton play 
I 100% agree. I think that gets your best football players on the field. Yeah. And I'm not down on Millette. He's fine. You know, I mean, and if you're going to have dime packages against four receiver sets, he can be one of the two slots there. And hey, he offers a little physicality near the line of scrimmage. But I do think that the the outside tandem of Witherspoon and Hayden with Sutton in the slot is pretty formidable. Well, it took Witherspoon a long time, but right. he's making up for it. He's making up for it. I think both of us have said a couple times, I'd be on the phone with his agent, ASAP, try to bring him back. Trey Turner knee didn't work today. Uh, don't know if that's just a maintenance thing. Uh, didn't uh, show up on Wednesday. And Dan Moore, Jr., the rookie left tackle, ankle, full participant for the second consecutive day. Joe Haig was not a disaster. Not a disaster. At right. left tackle, but I would go back to Moore. I would clearly. And it sure gets you sure get the impression that they just look at him as the left tackle. You know, there, there's no competition. There's no throw chooks at left tackle, bring Banner in at right. You know, Dan Moore is the left tackle. Get used to it, and probably for years to come, who's who's to say? I think he's getting better, though. I mean, and you're right about Haig. I thought the O-line, I kind of mentioned earlier in the show, really did a nice job in protection. Didn't get much movement whatsoever in the running game, but that's kind of a Ravens thing, too. I yes. mean, moving the Brandon Williams of the world is easier said than done, but I am excited to talk to Merrill about it. I thought they've been much better... Assignment sound, you know. I mean, they've been doing doing their job. I don't think that's going to be uh, an issue against the Chiefs. Keep What's it, that? Uh, moving them. I no, think, I think you can get these guys blocked. Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. when they get blocked, they stay blocked. Other than Chris Jones, you're talking about in the run game or in general? In general, yeah. Chris Jones is a total superstar. I mean, I, I think he's a great, great player. Uh, right there, I, I often say he's right there with Cam Hayward as the second best interior D lineman in the league. Couldn't be any more different than Cam. I mean, he has extreme ups and, and some downs and Takes some inconsistencies. Yeah, he does. Um, but, boy, when he brings it, he's a real load. That's for sure. Um, but you're right. I mean, they're not the most difficult front to get blocked, including their linebackers. And I agree with you. I think that offensive line is playing a little better. We might better. be conditioned to just not let that compute. Right, right. Because we saw it for the first, you know, three and a half months of the season. But maybe just in time. Maybe. Maybe. We shall see. Kansas City. Uh, you mentioned Tyreek Hill banged up. He was limited today after being a full go yesterday with that heel that he either injured or aggravated in the warm-up mm-hmm. before the Denver game uh, last Saturday. Uh, a couple of running backs, uh, Darrell Williams, Toe limited, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire did not practice after being limited yesterday. Everybody else is full go for Kansas City. I don't think they care who their running back is. Not really. I mean, I found it odd when they drafted Edwards Alaire in the first round. They were a total powerhouse at that point. It was a real luxury pick. But I don't think they're noticeably better or worse without him. Um, I, I saw a stat that definitely translates that they they generate the least yards after contact of any backfield in the league. Sounds about right. You know, I mean, they're, they're not special, special players, but they get a lot of light boxes to run against. What do you think of their line? I think it's better O-line? because yeah. Mahomes started throwing the ball quicker and because he's still Partially. pretty good at running away. I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think people forget that just because they blew up the line, it wasn't a disaster all last year. It was no, a disaster. They got hurt. They got hurt. <laughs> they were all out. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the Super Bowl was a bunch of backups. So it, it's been decent, and he certainly makes it look better than it is. I've never been a huge Orlando Brown fan. I mean, heavy-footed guy and isn't the masher in the run game you'd think he is. Uh, I do like the two rookies, especially Humphrey, the center, is I think going to be a star and has a lot of Pro Bowls in his future. Thune's living up to the massive contract. And right tackle, where you want definitely don't want to be the weakest, is where they're the weakest. So, a little, yeah. ma- little matchup issue, maybe. A little matchup issue. With, uh, I don't think their backs and tight ends are particularly good blockers either, especially if Edwards Hilaire's in the game. You know, Creed, it's interesting you talk about Creed Humphrey. Um, and, yeah, I think he's having a good year, and I think he's a good player. Yeah, I would yeah. rather have Fryermuth. Yeah, I don't know why both teams can't be happy. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's not like the Steelers were but wrong. Do, do, are you sensing what I'm sensing from some Steelers fans? Oh, all the time, right. They can't stand, oh, we should have had Creed Humphrey. They hate Kendrick Green. I think Kendrick Green's going to be the long-term center. Um, I, I think Kendrick ne- Green might be the long-term guard. Or yeah, long, long right, term right. something. Right, right. I wouldn't necessarily go back to him. Uh, oh, I would have Hassenauer played this game 100%. Hassenauer, right. Communication and, I, and right. I don't know what they were doing at punter. 
I know they're trying to stand behind uh, Presley Harvin the third, and hey, bring him to camp next year as number one. Right. Uh, stand behind him then, but uh, get him off the field. I didn't understand that at all, and and it cost I, him again. It co- he was poor again. Um, the only thing I could possibly think of, and this is a bit of a reach, but people don't think about this stuff. Maybe they trust Harvin more as a holder. Maybe. I, I mean, it's important. It's possible. Yeah. Although they got through the games when he didn't play. <laughs> Ball went between the uprights either way. Yeah. <laughs> Boswell's pretty good. Chris Boswell pretty good yeah. at Two that. good kickers in this game. Um, that uh, So both teams are going to be uh, pretty much healthy. Maybe, uh, maybe a problem for Hill. Maybe not. That would certainly help. Uh but uh, the running back situation for Kansas City probably less significant than it would be for a team that actually wanted to run the ball. Right. And uh, we're both in agreement. I think the Steelers are going to be okay with Harris. Uh, probably, long, yeah. As long as he plays. What do you think? They, hope he doesn't re-aggravate it or, you know. Yeah, right. You see them as having uh, a puncher's chance in this one. Uh, Chiefs got to play down a little bit and they got to play up a little bit. To me, to have a puncher's chance, you have to win the turnover battle. Probably more than by one turnover, too. You know, I mean, plus two in turnover, I think yeah. you're in it. I'll take you one step further. The Steelers can't have any. They can't. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. You, can't, you can't trade them four to two. No, right. You're giving them the ball in a short field is doom. Yeah. You know, I mean, every time. And to take it a step further, too, with turnovers, I think, you know, a surprise onside, uh, fake punt, you know, something like that might be in the cards to steal an extra possession. You talked about that today. We both did the uh, Steelers.com matchup show mm-hmm. with Missy Matthews and our buddy Merrill Hodge, and I thought that was a great suggestion. Yeah, I would. You got nothing to lose. Color outside the lines a little bit. Sure. I mean, what's a, you know, there's not expectations here. You're playing with house money, and frankly, you're the inferior team. I think everybody would probably recognize that. And Hey, th- throw something at them that you haven't before and try to steal one. You know, surprise on side on the second kickoff or whatever. Opening right. kick. How about that? Sure. Opening kick. Might as well. Opening kick of the second half. <laughs> Boom. I, I like it. we got a lot more to get to tonight. We have an extra hour in store for you, so keep it right here. Matt and I are going to be here until 9 o'clock tonight. When we come back, we'll be joined by the third member of our team. Merrill Hodge has been with us each and every week this season as we have gotten you ready for each and every game and uh, that's not going to change so uh, keep it here with Matt Williamson I'm Mike Pursuta you're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE back to the Steelers Preview Show brought to you by FedEx and Ford on DVE welcome back to the preview Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you until 9 o'clock tonight time now to welcome the third member of our full house backfield into the huddle. Merrill Hodge joining us as he does each and every week. Merrill, I know you're fired up for the playoffs. You dang right I am, brother. <laughs> I had some great experiences in uh, KC in the playoffs. Um, had we not uh, had a block punt, we beat them. Um, and we've probably given me the ball a few more times. That's the only time I'll ever say that in any particular game. But we made a mistake in getting away from what was killing them in the first half. But Well, it's interesting uh, uh, Interesting you went there because I know you want to talk about some of the metal, mental excuse me, mental mistakes you think the Steelers can clean up. And Matt yeah. wants to talk about offensive line play. But I got a question for you. I've got this thought floating around in my head that one of the ways the Steelers can maybe get on the other – side of this is if somebody rises up and plays their best game of the season, uh, whether that's Najee Harris or whether that's Pat Fryermuth or uh, Chase Claypool. Claypool, Um, They got some possibilities. And I I wanted to ask you, first of all, do you know how many 100-yard rushing games you had in the 1989 regular season? Well, I know. Actually, I think – I know I had one at the end of the season against Tampa. You had 90 yards had, against Tampa. I... The answer is none. Oh, really? The answer is really? none. And then you go in the playoffs oh, wow. and oh, against Houston, 17 for 100, 5.88 a carry. And then at Denver, 16 for 120, 7.5 per carry, eight catches, 60 yards. I know we talked about this before the Steelers played the Broncos, but you became – a monster in that postseason. How'd you pull it off? And is this the kind of thing that can happen? 
Well, like honestly, those things can't happen in the playoffs. I, uh, I mean, obviously they happen every year. Somebody, you know, you know, there's going to be a, some story. Um, somebody's going to erupt. Whether it's AFC, NFC, it could be both. Um, you know, that's kind of think what's magical about the playoffs. There's certain things that do um, unfold in the playoffs. Um, maybe they've been percolating all year. You know, that that particular run I had was. You know, I we I think people remember in '89 how bad we were, and I had I had started out the year just beat up. I mean, I separated my shoulder in camp, hurt my hamstring. I mean, and it wasn't until towards the end of the year that I actually started feeling a lot better. It was around the Miami game, quite honestly, or maybe the Houston game where we played them at home, and things just started to take off. You know, um, you know, in the playoffs, um, if there was ever a, a an example that I lived that I lived. It is like just do your job, you know. Like don't I mean don't try to be a hero because that's how a lot of teams are going to lose games. There's going to be guys out there trying to be a hero. It's going to happen this year. You know, as much as we're talking about some things that can magically happen, this happens just as much, maybe if not more. People want to be a hero. People want to be the MVP. People want to, you know, show up in the playoffs and they don't do their job, and you cost yourself, uh, you cost yourself wins. Um, I've seen it over and over. I can tell you almost every Super Bowl, there's been plays and moments like that, tons of playoff games, moments like that. So that's why when I look at how they played against Kansas City the first time, it was probably one of their worst games ever from a mental perspective. I mean, the bust that they made in coverage, you know, they literally made it easy for Kansas City to march up and down the field in the first half, you know. Now, can those mistakes be eliminated with 100% certainty? If they are, do they move the ball up and down the field? No, they don't. It's much harder. Um, there's a lot, a lot more, a, a bigger challenge for, for the Chiefs. And then on the offensive side, they did about the same thing. You know that the fumble that Ben they had on that, that what was going to be a screen. Shoot, you got your center, you got somebody in the gap, center and guard. Nobody's over the guard. Center doesn't reach him. Guard doesn't help him. And it causes a fumble. That should never happen. You got two on one. You should never let that. That should never happen. Deontay just drops the ball. (laughs) You know, on the route where he's going to get the first down. Another turnover. You know, can you eliminate those and change those? Absolutely. So that's why I'm saying you, just those things, which are ultimately in their control, you change those, that game would have been different. I'm not saying they would have won. And they're still going to need their best game. But you clean up those things, and this will be a different game. This will be a much more compelling game than that first matchup. That brings me to the offensive line conversation we were having. Is I mean, the Steeler or the, the the line got very little push in the run game against Baltimore, and that's not uncommon against yeah. the Ravens. But I really think the last week or two, the communication up front has been better. The assignments are much better, particularly in protection. You know, picking up stunts, knowing who to block. And that includes the running backs and tight ends and the helpers. I mean, so I think there's progress here. Yes, and I think that Kansas City has given up. They've been gashed. There is ways to do that. Um, but you do got to all be on the same page, you know, um, and play better than they did last the last time that they faced them. They have had moments since that Kansas City game. I still go back to the Cleveland game, which was one of their best performances as a, as a group, and that includes the tight ends. Um, and they need that type of performance in this one, you know, because Kansas City is going to pressure them too. You know, they're going to do some things to, you know, challenge everybody. They're going to make everybody play. You know, everybody thinks it's the quarterback. Our quarterback didn't see that. Hey, listen, you got five guys, a tight end, and a running back, and a wide receiver oftentimes who's in the hot process all must see the things. It's not just your quarterback. So they're going to have to be dialed in there as well. Um, but if they can run the ball, that does put them in a position of power that now we control the environment. That's why the control the tempo is so important. If you do all of that, eh, you know what? Harder to blitz a team that's in control. Very much hard. But if you're always second along, third along, which I believe in that Kansas City game, if I remember right, they were constantly like that. Um, it makes it much harder on you to, um, to generate points and get uh, field position. Merrill Najee Harris didn't do much against the Ravens, didn't, didn't play much against the Ravens, but he was able to get back in the game in the second half after missing almost the entire first half with that elbow injury, and he makes a great catch and turns that into a catch-and-run yeah. first down on what became the game-winning drive. And in that 15-yard run, 
you look at that. You look at what they're able to do against Cleveland. As Matt said, you start seeing it kind of come together up front. Uh, maybe better late than never with uh, that running game they've been working on since the spring. Well, I, I can tell you this. I mean, how you said it is very true. Better late than never. Um, one thing that I have always kind of experienced in these playoff runs, if you've had a weakness all year, it usually – and you haven't corrected it, it gets exposed in the playoffs. That That is almost true. I mean, that's true with every team, not, not just Steelers. That's true with every team. So let's hope that they do have things really ironed out and buttoned up because if Najee can – if they can run the ball like they did against Cleveland, let me just say this, game on. I mean, this it ain't just about beating Kansas City. You could go – on a unique run, you know, that nobody could foresee from how they had played all year. It would retain, it would take the effort that he had against Cleveland though. That's how you're going to have to play. And if they, if they've already done it like that. So they've have shown they can play like that. So I think this game will be interesting to find out if they, if they come out and they do play like that, because if they do get Najee, you know, going and, they control the tempo in this one. That will be – that's – Kansas City doesn't like to play like that. That would get them out of their rhythm. Um, and it would get a team that is already expected to lose with with momentum and a an ease about them. And I, I say an ease about them because I've, I've been in this experience and this situation as a player, both sides of it. It's hard to get Kansas City to buy into their that they're they're coming in as an underdog. We got to watch them out, I and mean, we just we just throttle them, you know. We just beat them. But players don't really look at all the mental errors that were made that made it much easier. Coaches see that more than players. You can point it out to a player, but a player like we beat them by fourteen or fifteen, or whatever we beat them by. I mean, it wasn't really that hard. Twenty six, <laughs> and that's yeah. Kelly. Yeah, that's that's how they that's how they think. You know, a coach sees it different. He's like, oh God, I need you know, these things could be cleaned up. Um, and then if you look looking at what the Steelers are thinking, it's like, shoot, man, we did most of that to ourselves. We did. We did most of it to ourselves. And then you started seeing that you're hot. What kind of dog are you? I am. That plays a role. It does play a role in this. Um, we'll see how it unfolds. But I, I'd like being in the Steelers position from that perspective because it is hard to get Kansas City to see that. And they're going to see it if it starts to turn, but it might be too late, which is advantage Steelers in. Merrill, the, the news of the day is Juju Smith-Schuster was back on the uh, on the practice yeah. field. You know, I mean, what would that mean to this offense? I think that'd be a big shot in the arm and helping both phases. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, he he's such a man. He just you know what that guy puts on his work boots and comes to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling you, you love players like that. You know, they step in the huddle, and you're like, like you know, this is we, I mean, I want I want to be on that guy's team. And that's how Juju plays. You know, he does all the things that don't get recognized. I mean, we'll acknowledge him at times because, you know, they go unnoticed. But he does so many things like that um, throughout every, the course of every game that makes the difference in a lot of plays. And so to have him back in that, especially in the box running, you know some of the key blocks that he makes. That that would be that'd be a boost in the arm if they could get him. And he makes plays too, catching the ball too. I mean, you know, on third down he's a weapon. You can't sleep on him. He's going to get one-on-one matchups. And I don't think their third best guy is as good as him in Kansas City. Well, I know it's not. So advantage advantage Steelers. Merrill, is it a reach to suggest that losing Juju Smith-Schuster as early as they did had a negative impact on Chase Claypool? You know, I don't know what the locker – I don't know what the meeting rooms are like. You know, I don't know where his impact is. I can't answer that. You know, if I, if I knew, you know, what those meetings were like, you know, and he was – you know, and I knew that, you know, what Juju said, how he played, things he did, really affected Claypool and got him going and then not having him there. I was just thinking more of the way he like blocks that. people. You could see it on tape. You could you could see it on the practice yeah. field. You know, sure. as you mentioned, put yeah. the put the boots on. Maybe those guys don't ever utter a sentence to one another, but he's out there doing it, just being around them every right. day. And then when Claypool, right. yeah. and then Claypool, you know, is it a little harder to lollygag around in that kind of environment? Yeah, very true. You know what? The the problem is he was doing this when Juju was playing too. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he started out the season like that. You know, and. So based on the evidence, you know, I don't know that it had much of 
effect on him. You know, this is this is something where Claypool's going to really just have to have to look in the mirror. Be, be a, it's hard to do this, but most every this is most successful all successful people businesses I've ever been around experienced, and I know this for myself personally. The number one ingredient to successful people is they'll self-evaluate. You know, if they have, if they look at themselves and then they make the fair judgments and assessments and corrections, they make them, they create a plan, and then they take action to move forward. If you never self-evaluate and it's never you, uh, it's hard to ever grow. It's just hard. It's hard to grow. It's hard. It'll be hard for Claypool to be a better player and grow as a player. But hopefully he does. You know, hopefully he does. And because if he did, it would be surely um, – detrimental to other teams and an advantage for the Steelers. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball here. I mean, Pat Mahomes is obviously a unbelievably special football player. And I think this is a bit of a learning curve for him this year because early in the year, they were turning the ball over a lot. He was very loose with the football, frenetic in the pocket. And every team's kind of playing the Chiefs the same. I mean, an awful high percentage of two high safeties, yeah. Nobody's blitzing them, you know, very low percentage of blitz, and they're making them kind of matriculate the ball down the field. I mean, is that what you expect the Steelers to do too? Yes, I think, you know, that's the goal. You don't want to get explosive plays. You know, if you can control the tempo of the game, the next thing you have to add into that, if you want to win consistently in the NFL, and this will be very pivotal in the, in the playoff run, you have to have explosive plays. You know, you have to have game-changing plays. Um if you can ill avoid them doing that and you do force them to make six to eight throws per drive, the odds are they're not going to do that. And I'm just going to tell you this, that's just kind of the NFL average, but you know, I mentioned this earlier today, they have not been very good with just some of the fundamentally routine routes, slant curls, flat curl combo. I mean, I'm telling you, they have been out of sync at times that you like to shake your head like, what the heck? I mean, it isn't like that's a new guy that he's throwing to. That's Kelsey. Um, you know, that's Tyreek Hill. I mean, they've done that a lot. They've had a lot of miscues where they're not on the same pace for whatever reason that is. Um, and that's been consistent throughout the year. You know, that, that didn't just, you know, you, you saw it the last time they played. It's manifested itself the entire year. So if you can make them play like that, there is a chance you're going to get an opportunity for a pick. Um, now it's a matter of you, you capitalize on on that, but I don't think there's any any doubt if if they end up putting eight and nine play drives together and they beat you and they have no explosive plays, well, that's that's how they're going to have to beat us. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't. You know, that's that, that that's how you go. That's how that's you'd have to swallow that. That's just the way it is. But. Um, I would gamble on that. I'd take it that direction. Yeah, keep the score down a little bit at least. Make them right. You're in it in the end. Make them, you know, right? Yeah. Make them use some more time to score. <laughs> right. Uh, Merrill, we talked about you know maybe the Chiefs get a little sleepy on this game because they just beat the Steelers so badly, and the players might have a you know um, certain comfort level that maybe they shouldn't have. Is it also uh, theoretically possible that after three straight conference championship games and two straight Super Bowls? They've been waiting for the playoffs all season, and they just come out foaming at the mouth and flying. Good, you know that's, that is that's the unknown. That's I think the magic of the playoffs. You just you don't know what is going to blossom and bloom or die. You know, I mean, you just you <laughs> know, die. that's because that's, you know, there's that there, those those things are going to happen. Um, who's gonna who's gonna be the one that explodes and blossoms? And, you know, I, that's, what's kind of exciting about the playoffs is that, that those are going to happen. Who knows? You know, you can see, and that's why the NFL to me is so great. The anticipation of things, you know, seven days or six days to get ready for a matchup. And this is, you know, you lose, you're done. Okay. This is the best of three or best of five, or best of seven. I mean, it's, you're done. Um, that's what makes it great. That's why it's compelling, you know, um, and a lot is riding on it. So it'll it'll be interesting. But I said, you know, if you've never really fixed a problem, it usually manifests itself. Well, they have never fixed that problem. Kansas City has not. I just it's been there all year. You know, they've been very inconsistent in their passing game. So so I'm just saying from experience, I don't see that being corrected. 
I see. I think I see that being their demise. Now, this this game or another one, I just think that ends up being the thing that bites them. And you don't think they have a running game they can lean on, do you? I, they just you know they don't emphasize it. Yeah, it's not a priority enough. And, and so I mean, I think they do some good things with their running game. It's just not in their overall play calling makeup. You know, I, it's not a, kind of a sidebar, but I'll tell you, a team that clearly doesn't have this and doesn't have those championship qualities is the Rams. I mean, they they they, they got exposed against the San Francisco 49ers. You were up by five. You got the ball on your 40, 150 left in the game, and you get five yards <laughs> in three runs, and you give it back to them? That game should be over from a championship perspective. And point, when they have to run it, they can't. See, I don't know if Kansas City can really run it if they have to. Mm-hmm. Now I'd bank a little more on them than the Rams, but that's the Rams' big problem. Is I'm not real impressed with you know, their running game though in Kansas City. They're just guys. Yeah, right. you know, they're okay. Well, yeah, yeah. They, you know, and Clyde Elair can be. I'd like him. I think he's mm-hmm. just he's like a fire hydrant, but he's so he's been injured so much. You know, a guy like that who you thought would never get hurt, he's hurt all the time. Yeah, he's struggling you know, protection he's a, too. He's, yeah, and he's got, you know, he hasn't just played long enough or consistent enough to be, you know, to trust. You know, so I, I would agree with you. You know, there's not really a guy you trust. And listen, at the end of the day, it's not in Andy's makeup. Then, you know, they're like, are we going to take it out of one of our quarterback's hands? That's how they look at it. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, listen, there's a lot of – I can kind of understand that. But here's – I am telling you this for a fact. This is true. Teams win championships, and the more phases that you have in ways that you can win, the better chance you have of winning a Super Bowl. That's why I mean, I love. I actually like Cincinnati's chances. Wow, because the balance. Cincinnati, can, Cincinnati, Cincinnati can play. They can shoot. The first time they played the Raiders, they could not throw the football very well. The Raiders did a good job, but they gashed them in the run. They controlled the game. You know, they just they leaned on that, and they beat the Raiders. And their defense didn't let them score, even though they got in bad spots. You know, that's how, that's that's what good teams do. You know, Tennessee, they can run the ball. They're going to smash you. I'm not so convinced that the quarterback can complement that mm-hmm. in the way he does. Now, he has all his receivers back, so that might be – he might be okay. I'll, I'll get ready next week to study him more on that. Now that he's got his guys back and see if there's different, but there's something missing there. I know we're sidetracked out of the Steelers, but, you know, I go back to – that's why I like class great. You know, you're going to get – things. Are, something's going to pop up we didn't see either. Uh, that does happen. There is, but if you have not corrected a weakness, it does get exposed in the playoffs. Merrill, I know you're pretty close with Ben Roethlisberger. Did he call you up last Tuesday night and say, hey, Merrill, I'm doing my weekly Wednesday interview thing with the media. I'm going to tell him we stink and we have no chance to win. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Good idea? Why not? You know, listen, I, you know, I don't know what pulse he has, you know, unless he's got a good pulse for his teammates, you know, in that locker room, you know, and, and I think they're looking for him, watching him, you know, how do you handle that? He's been, he's been through it all favored, not favored, uh, wild card guy who went to Super Bowl. Um, 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 and, you know, I guess that's how he felt is the best way to, to help, help the team as they look at it, you know, it'd be my guess. You know, he didn't get my my views on it, but um, I, uh, when I heard it, I was like, <laughs> I was, told me, "Yeah, good hey, idea. Tell him you really stink." That's not bad. That's <laughs> not bad. Like, hey, who? Why, why you why, shoot Kansas City? Don't even show up. Put your second team out there. We'll be. <laughs> he still beat us. He's <laughs> been around the block ahead. a few times, as we know. <laughs> back to KC's offense, Merrill. I mean, Tyreek. I mean. Even the last time the Steelers played him, he was on the COVID list. He really hasn't done much, have much production since that time. And now he's got this heel injury. He was really hobbling around last week. Uh, I think he barely practiced today, if at all. I mean, if he's not himself or is clearly, you know, hindering, you know, really, you know, worried about that heel and hobbling around, are you selling out to take away Kelsey? Well, I, I, yes, I do believe I can't let him wreck my game. He's the yeah. next guy, you know, and if Tyra Hill isn't, you know, blowing, blowing the top off and that heel is a problem. And listen, I, I would expect if, if it is what, it, what I think it could be with that, you got a big bruise and significant, it's hard, man, to, when your feet are wounded, it's just hard 
from a speed guy to be effective like he wants to be effective. So, yeah, and I'm sure that there's there's a plan for both of them, quite honestly. Sure. You know, how can we neutralize both of them? Um, but if, you know, Tyreek is not on the field a lot and he is not as effective, that just that does, that does lighten the load, you know, that, that Kelsey's um, – the only, I mean, the other guys can do some damage too, though. You know, you can't you can't sleep on those guys, you know. But but you can't let Kelsey wreck things because he does such such a good job once he catches the ball. You know, Mike, you mentioned like I think your top seven things. You know, tackle. You know that is that that's probably one of the most important things. You just don't let these cats get going after they catch it. It's okay to catch it. They're going to catch it. You know, they're pros. Okay, they they get paid to do this stuff too. But let's just not let them catch it for 10 and then hang 15 on us an extra 15 yeah. off the 10, you know, catch it, tackle them right there, make them do it again. Well, you want me to send you a copy of those uh, seven points of victory? Yeah. That, yeah why not? I like it. That I, I unveiled like the on uh, too, the, the Steelers <laughs> matchup show today. Yeah. I, I got I inspired. Like I elevated I like my game. I, I took over. I didn't yeah. let the game come to me. <laughs> See, that's what playoffs do to people like you. You see, we didn't see that coming. Exactly. People like right. me. Mike, yeah, Mike can, brings his A game. I could flash in the pen and wonder where it was in October and November when they really needed it. Both you guys. I mean, yeah. Merrill with the ball in his hands in the yeah. playoffs and you with your list here. Merrill, last thing I got for you. we got about two minutes. Greatest thing you ever heard, like an inspirational speech from a coach or a player, and the dumbest thing you ever heard, it, you know, before you run out for a kickoff or halftime or something of that sort. Probably the best one. I mean, I'm tell you what, we we went run, want to run through the wall. Wall. I remember Chuck Noll before we played the Miami Dolphins. We used to get he used to used to you know we put up our first down, third down. We're going to punt, dart action, all this stuff. All the stuff we're going to get we're going to get done. Win the toss, so forth and so on. First plays the game, so forth. He said, "Guys, I really want this one." Man, we like what? Because it was uh, Shula, um, Tom, Don Shula, <laughs> like. We tore Miami up too. By the way, we tore. Miami. We had like three picks on Miami. I remember one of the interceptions. So he basically said, "Win it for me, before. boys." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know what? It, then Chuck would never see. He never said anything like that. We knew that. That's why when he said, "I'd really like to win this one," we're like, "Woo, dog!" We, like, we couldn't wait to get out there. And I remember Dwayne Woodruff picks off Dan Marino. Dan Marino's on the sideline before Dwayne Woodruff gets to the end zone. <laughs> That's how. That's how bad we got him. And then the one that you know, this is this is nothing against Rod Rust. Rod Rust, great, great defensive yeah. coach, great guy. We're eighty in nineteen eighty nine. I think the score might have been fifty to nothing already at halftime. I mean, we're getting our doors blown off in Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's blowing our doors off at home. And I remember Rod Rush as we're walking back on the field. He said, "Merrill, this is going to be the greatest comeback ever." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't <laughs> quite uh, work out. It didn't work. <laughs> well, hey, Merrill, maybe like we'll have a uh, – maybe our show will do a comeback next week if the Steelers can figure out KC. I'd love it, man. I hope so. There's a lot of good signs. And uh, go Steelers, baby. Keep Thursday night open. That was Merrill Hodge, <laughs> who was uh, 50 points down, the greatest comeback of all time. <laughs> we got, oh, yeah. I Got's think I got a laugh in his face, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, a lot more to get to before uh, we're finished tonight. we got an extra hour here on Steelers Preview, so keep it here with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. You're on the Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, brought to you by FedEx and Ford on DVE. Welcome back to Steelers Preview, a special playoff edition, a special two-hour edition of Steelers Preview tonight. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you until 9 o'clock tonight. On your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Matt, uh, interesting day for T.J. Watt in Baltimore on Sunday. He Ooh. tied the record but did not break the record, the NFL single-season sacks record. Two instances where he very well could have got the record. You know, I mean, the, the first one, I didn't quite understand why that wasn't ruled a sack, but oh well. And then the Talking about the, the aborted play? Right, right, fumble. right. I think it wasn't a sack because he picked the ball up and started running forward. Okay, so they thought he was a ball carrier after I that. I didn't see it explained that way. That's right. Just, that's just the way I saw the replay. Okay. Um, I think Watt's really interesting. Of course, he's a phenomenal player. I think he's a winning defensive player of the year, all that good stuff. But we've, we talked about it earlier. I mean, their right tackle situation is going to be going to be Wiley, who's 
their weakest link on the offensive line. Their tight ends are built to catch the ball, not to block. And their running backs aren't great in protection either, especially Edwards Hilaire. So, of course, they're going to help like crazy on Watt, as every team does. But I don't think their helpers are great, and I don't think their primary blocker is, is great. So I, I think he has a big day. I mean, I, I really do. And, and I don't know that people realize that, I mean, it was only a couple weeks ago, so maybe they're on top of it, but Tyree Kill barely played. He was coming off COVID in the last matchup. Kelsey didn't play. There was no Fryermuth. I know, if, you know he's mm-hmm. high on your list of guys to talk about, too. And Watt was a shell of himself yes. in that game. I mean, yeah. he absolutely was gutting it out, but he was a shell of himself. Uh, I referenced you at the start of the show, my uh, seven keys to victory. Yes. And um, we're not going to go over all of them here, but I wanted to bring up number one, which was contain Patrick Mahomes, because we started talking about T.J. Watt. And my theory is this guy will annihilate you when he gets out of the pocket, Mahomes. Destroys you. I've never seen anybody as good at playing that street ball, kind of break the defense down. He's got two things that separate him from anybody else who plays this kind of game, in my opinion. And they're – you know, more and more quarterbacks are playing this kind of game. Still, he's. I've never seen anybody hold that line of scrimmage like a first baseman almost. Like he could stretch and throw. <laughs> almost throwing past the last year. He's still got yeah, the right, toes right, right, back, right. so it's not an illegal forward pass. Yep. And the other, the other thing is, most guys, you know, when Baker Mayfield scrambles right, he's throwing right. Not him. This guy, it could go anywhere on the field. It could go anywhere on the field. It, it could go sideways. It could go across the middle. It could go everywhere where your coach told you never try to throw back across the field while you're moving the other <laughs> That's way. That's what I was about to say. Exactly what they yeah. tell you not to do. He breaks all the rules. And earlier in the season, he wasn't getting away with it quite as much. There was a lot more tip balls. He was having worse luck. He was forcing things. But, boy, he's starting to really find himself. And, and I, you know, I mentioned it when we talked to Merrill a little bit that I think he's maturing like – I'm not comparing compare Mahomes and Brady, but Brady, if you give him the death by a thousand paper cuts, he'll kill you with paper cuts, yes. and he's very content to do it. I mean, some of these Josh Allen, Mahomes type guys, they get a little impatient. They like, want to get out there and yeah, have like, a little fun. I'm not going to just dump it off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire 30 times in a row, but he's getting a little more patient and growing up a little bit too. The other thing I want, the other reason I should say I wanted to bring that up, uh, I, I recall when we were prepping people for the Chiefs game in mm-hmm. December. And they had just played the Chargers. And Joey okay. Bosa is as about a good a pass rusher as there is. Sure. And he rushed like an idiot, Matt, because he just had no Aaron feel Fire. for yeah. giving the guy a lane, getting past him and letting him just step up and go and throw on the run or run himself and gain 35 yards if he felt like it. Mm-hmm. It just it happened three or four times. Yeah, that's and a great point. This has been driving me crazy all year. Seems like every game I watch. The pass rush does not respect the quarterback's ability to run. Uh-huh, 100%. I, I, and Kansas City did it against Drew Locke. And he, <laughs> ran for, and he ran for two touchdowns. And he ran for two touchdowns. And he's not even any good. Big gaping lanes. Yeah, yeah, just begging you to run. People think about that with Lamars of the world. But just about any quarterback. I mean, Sears did it against Herbert. You know, here's a huge lane against the Chargers. He just scrambles with those yeah. big, long gazelle strides. Eating seven up. or eight times. Seven or eight times. I mean... And I don't have enough time to get into it, and I frankly I don't explain it as well as I wish I did. Well, we have an extra hour, so. but pass rush plan is important. It's not just rush up the field as fast as you can. Yeah. There's more to it than beating the man in front of you. You know, like Bud Dupree would run past the, the quarterback time and time again. Took him three years to figure it out, right? Yeah. I mean, there's distinct pass rush plans. And it's more important against Mahomes than anybody. I mean, so, it really is. But he can kill you from the pocket, of course, too. But you he, know. I'd almost rather that. I would rather that too. I mean, at least here's the rules still apply. You know, you're, the, the play is being designed. It's not street ball all of a sudden. And Tyreek Hill is kind of like A.B. And, and Ben at one point. I mean, when the play broke down, the defenses had to be terrified. You know, we were talking to Joe Hayden today after practice, and he made that same point. He said, oh, really? with Mahomes, it's not the first route that gets you. Mm-hmm. It's not the timing of it. It's when he gets outside – he compared it to Ben back in the day. Oh wow! I believe is how Hayden phrased you know words to that effect. Yeah, I'm, right, right. I'm not giving Hayden you the, used to line up against Brown a lot and yep. best of luck with that. Right. And those guys would just start running around and you get a six sense going and you yeah. know where your guys are and bang. There's no rules anymore. That's you where know, the right. big plays yeah. happen. Absolutely. And again, to your point, every blade of the grass needs to be covered too. And it's a long time. It's late in the down. His ability to put the ball anywhere he wants is just remarkable. And he's not afraid to let it fly. So can the Steelers handle this? I mean, sometimes they have, sometimes they have not. 
I think defensively they're going to be okay. Uh, I expect fewer mistakes, you know, coverage errors, things like that. I think this Hill injury is bigger than people are letting on Thursday. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really thought he looked compromised last week. Oh, definitely. I mean, big time. I mean, like, shouldn't have been out there. Yeah. Right. Me too. Um, I'm not saying the Steelers are going to blow their doors off. No, I mean, no. <laughs> but but uh, that's just, I mean, to me, what makes that team special is those three guys. Yeah, those three and guys. Yeah. No no offense to uh, Chris Jones. No offense sure. to Creed Humphrey. Sure. I mean, uh, the Pringles of the world did well yeah. against the Steelers, too. You know, right. What makes Green Bay special is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Of course, of course, right. What used to make the Steelers special was Roethlisberger, Brown, and Bell. Exactly. You know, the other guys are fine, but I mean, there's spokes you, on a wheel, you know. You want as many good players as you can find. And, uh, you know, T.J. Watt is certainly a potential influencer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe, but... Cam, and, These know. games come down to the guys who get paid to win the game. Right. And Casey's got three elite ones. I mean, as good of a a trio as I can remember in any time in my life. You know, I mean, and plus, Kelsey and Hill are so different. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to take both away. I mean, it's Aikman, impossible. Aikman, and to, Smith? It's right there. I mean, I might, with all respect to Aikman and his rings, I'd rather play against Troy than Pat. Uh, me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I would agree with you. Um so, yeah, if, Ty- if Tyreek Hill is uh, compromised, uh, that's a big edge. I I do agree with Merrill that I think Kansas City might get a little sleepy on this one just because they, they played them on December 26th, and it was 30 to nothing in yeah. the third quarter. The way that Merrill phrased that was was interesting, too, you could, obviously from a player's perspective. Like, you don't sit there and go, boy, they're making a lot of mistakes about against us. It's more like, we're just better than these guys. Where the, the Steelers are going – I just made a critical mistake and I killed the team. If I would have done the right thing, I at least get in the way or, you know what I mean? And of course coaches see it the latter, you know, that's going to do it for hour number one, but uh, keep it here. We've got another hour to come as we continue getting you ready for the Steelers at the Kansas city Chiefs Sunday night. You ever been narrowhead? I have not. Oh yes, I have. I mean, I was in khakis and Browns gear and, you know, but I smelled it on the way in and was a little jealous. I just wanted to kind of pull over to the side and hang out, meet some new friends. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've never um, enjoyed it, but I've wor- right. I've worked at a lot. It's a beautiful place. It's got to be an awful place to play, too. Uh, it's just miserable, I would think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll get into that and a whole bunch of other stuff when we uh, get on the other side of the break. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR.